Welcome to the McDark Horror Series. Lights out. Good. Here we go. I could feel the chill of winter underneath my skin. If I was warm enough, I'd have removed my shoes. I knew I had blisters on my heels. I'd felt the increasing pain of the skin being worn and torn away with every excruciating step for the past mile and a half. My shoulders were killing me. The combined weight of the broken tent, my sleeping bag, and camping equipment was perhaps a bit too much for one person to carry. Each year I put aside time for myself, away from everyone, away from everything. No distractions, no problems. I don't have to worry about council tax, or the fact that the mechanical car park gates are broken again, and I can't get to work for the second time this month. No modern world issues. The cold autumnal wind swept to the Lake District, like an army conquering a new land. I used to hate it, but now it just feels like an old friend pushing me along. I'd been sleeping in a small one-man tent for the past three days, but the night before the incident, I'd managed to tear a massive hole in it by not properly storing it away. It got caught on a rogue thorn bush I passed through, and the tiny bush ripped through my night's protection. Luckily, around the Lake District remains old Bothies. For those who don't know what a Bothy is... It's a small building that remains unlocked so people traveling through have somewhere to stay for the night in events such as mine. They aren't typically used much as people usually have a tent or don't really camp much in general out in the hills. Luck isn't usually on my side. But shortly after tearing my tent, I continued my walk up to the peak of a hill and spotted one of these bothies sitting peacefully on top of a smaller hill just below me. Even though it was only 4 p.m. and the sun was still up, I didn't want to continue walking and risk not finding shelter again. According to my phone, I was still another five or six miles away from an inn or hotel. The Bothy was old. Very old. Dangerously old. It was only about four meters high with a mix of stone, wood, and straw acting as a makeshift roof. Thinking upon it now, that roof could have caved in if I had sneezed too hard. The door had rotted away and fallen to the floor where over time it had slowly begun to disintegrate and perish as we all do. My father always used to say, everything is a prisoner to time. That little line came to me as I entered the Bothy. The pure darkness inside the Bothy struck me. Whilst I usually would have found it menacing, today I welcomed the embrace of the unknown. If no light could get in, neither could the wind or rain. I gently sat down my gear on the floor. There wasn't a huge amount of space. It had to be about four meters by six meters. I pinged open the buckle on my backpack and gently drew up my now-defunct tent. I decided to pin it to the door frame with some pegs I had so at least if it did rain, the tent material would stop a majority of it from flying through the doorway. I felt very clever. I remember looking at my watch and being shocked at the fact it was now 5.30pm. 
I don't know how pinning a broken tent up had taken this much time, but it had. I cracked up my portable stove and carefully lit it. I had the usual beans and sausages out of a foil pack that night. After a day of walking, anything tasted good. I had sat my back against the wall and slowly closed my eyes as I attempted to get comfy and rest for a minute before getting my sleeping bag out. I was woken up by a loud cracking from right in front of me. I woke up quite quickly thinking someone had snuck into the bothy with me. I had had my things stolen in the past by their campers whilst I slept, so it wouldn't surprise me if it happened again. Like a fool, I had left the gas stove on. I felt like an idiot. I could have caused a lot of damage. I pushed against the wall behind me and I rocked forward to my knees and carefully turned it off. I leaned back, sat on my knees and let out a sigh. A small stone plopped down in front of me with a gentle tap. Silence flooded the cool air. I looked up and saw a few of the stones making up the wall in front of me had fallen out of position and onto the floor in front of me. It appeared to be pitch black outside, which didn't surprise me. When I saw something back away quickly from the hole and vanish, allowing moonlight to flood into the bothy, that's when I was surprised. To be honest, I was more shitting myself than just surprised. I let out a gentle scream. Huh? I pushed myself back against the wall I'd been sleeping against. Something rustled at the makeshift tent door. A withered, black hand slowly released the sides of the stone doorway and retreated back out of the structure. Who's out there? Who's out there? I would appreciate you not mucking around. If you want to come in, just knock. I shouted with a veil of bravery and confidence. The stone structure shook as short, violent knocks bounced all around the outside of the bothy. Started out quietly, but quickly crescendoed to bone-shaking smashing all around the structure. I sat there wanting to be anywhere else. I missed my girlfriend. I missed my cozy bed. I missed civilization. I was fully processing the reality that I might die out in some little stone hut in the middle of nowhere. I cried and begged and pleaded. Stones expelled themselves from the walls and the ceiling. Most punched me on the way down, allowing beams of light to pierce the ancient shelter. Just let me live! I screamed out several minutes in one final burst of desperation. The knocking stopped abruptly. I felt air gently brush the back of my ear from one of the holes a fallen stone had left in the wall behind me. whispered the overlapping voices of a hundred people at once in my ear. I watched through the holes in the walls as hundreds of black shadows flew past, back and forth, round the outside of the Balthy. The white light of the night was blocked by their corrupt forms flying around me. I could feel my entire body shaking. The cold had penetrated my very skeleton and frozen my very nature. Fear had quickly sunk its nails into my mind and soul. 
Logical thought, feeling, and sense had been cut out of me. Despair took control. I pushed myself to my feet, ignoring the searing pain from bloody heels, and quickly lunged for my makeshift tent door. I grabbed the green cloth in my hand and violently ripped it from the pegs it hung by. A hundred empty figures huddled before me, one with her face almost touching mine. Twilight skin slowly dripped from them, muscles displayed carelessly, jaws detached and bones bent out of shape. The woman whose face was almost touching mine had a single glittering tear trickle down her decaying face. I looked her straight in the eye and only saw the void. With a single touch to the chest, I was thrown to the floor. My head smashed against my portable metal hob and I lost consciousness. I awoke about 6 a.m. The morning rain had wriggled itself between my lips and into my mouth, causing me to choke and sputter awake. I sat in a box of stones. The structure I had entered the previous evening had vanished, leaving only an outline of a few stones in the grass around me, where the foundations had stood. I grabbed my portable stove and the bits I had unpacked and quickly departed. I carried most of it in my arms, caring little about things getting wet, and ran to the nearest town. A few hours later, I had managed to settle down in a nearby inn. The old woman working there had taken pity and let me in despite my dismal appearance. The inn was cozy and quiet. A small fire danced in the fireplace just for me and the old woman. After a warm drink and a sit by the fire, she had come over to meet me and asked if I was okay. She was fairly old, in her late sixties if I had to guess. I told her she wouldn't believe my story, and she sat down in the armchair opposite me and listened. I reached the end of my story, fully expecting her to disprove it with logic or say the classic, you must have been hallucinating or dreaming or, or you're lying. But instead, I received an accepting nod. I asked her behind her casual response, she gently rubbed the bridge of her nose. She explained that I wasn't the first hiker to have come through the village traumatized by something. But I was the first to admit what I had seen in a very long time. She retailed to me a story that her great-grandfather had told her grandmother. The story goes that a woman had been chased over the hills a few centuries ago by a village of about 100. Her crime was witchcraft. There was, of course, no proper proof that she was a witch. She was simply a woman who had refused the advances of a male elder in the village. She also had a baby with a man who had died before the child's birth that she cared for. The child and the woman fled the village in the night, followed by a hissing horde of villagers, fueled by hatred and the thrill of the hunt. They chased the woman all night before finally cornering her in an old stone bothy. She begged for her life. She wept, begging that they let her and her child go. In response, the villagers pushed and smashed against the outside of the bothy, till it collapsed in on the woman and her baby. Both perished underneath a tomb of insignificant rocks. With that, the old woman shrugged and got out of the armchair and gently laid her hand on my shoulder. I don't know. If that will explain anything. She let out with a sigh and sorrow in her eyes. 
She offered me a room for the night and a cheap meal. She said in return for the cheap meal, I would have to leave the town early the next day, interact with no one else, and go home. She walked away and uttered under her breath, I don't want them following you to my inn. I didn't think anything of the comment, but since returning to my home in the city, I've started hearing knocking. <laughs>